Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. One of the toughest industries to be in is fashion and retail. Online shopping and new distribution models are changing every single day, and it's hard to stay as hot property when it comes to fashion. But today's guest has managed to build her fashion brand into a globally known empire in just two years, and it's Pip Edwards, co-founder of PE Nation. She's internationally known and is doing great things both Australia and across the globe. I want to talk to her about how she managed to successfully scale her business so quickly and the stories behind the company, so let's get into it. And I'm not going to leave any stone unturned. I want to know the story. Pip Edwards, welcome to The Mentor. Thank you so much for having me. I love your gear. Um, thank you. What's 1980? What's the significance of 1980 on that? Was anything or not? Yeah, nothing? no, the year I was born. That's cool. <laughs> That's you worth remembering. 1980 is probably the best year there ever was. <laughs> and is anything, by the way, I'm dying to know this now. You've said that. Is there anything extra significant about that year? Did anything else happen in that year? Was like was it the year Muhammad Ali won oh, something? Oh, you or know what? Maybe, maybe you could tell me what there was. But for me, the 80s is quite significant from a fashion trend point of view. The 80s was quite a... Um, I mean, I grew up in the 80s, so the hot, that whole decade of fashion, colour, the power suit, all those things were great in the 80s. The music, everything. I remember the power suit. Yeah, the, the, the shoulders, um, uh, but the music, the culture, everything about the 80s Miami really resonates. Yes, pastel, my, my, pastel suits. Miami Vice is a big deal. They you know, really suit you. Like are wearing suits <laughs> with a T-shirt underneath like, and, and the sleeves rolled up. Yeah. I could never get that, but I, but I, I tried it. Uh. So, okay, all right. Pip Edwards, P Nation. I want to start from right from the very beginning. And this is just stuff I need to know. What is P Nation? Where did that come from? The name? What is it? Yeah. Does it mean physical education? What is it? So, I mean, it, this whole thing actually did start with the name. There was no um, idea behind it other than I was having a few drinks with a girlfriend and she was basically, what are you doing with yourself? You've been working in fashion. You should do something sporty like PE. And I just... Which year? Which year? How long ago was this? Yeah, this was, was about... Three and a half years ago. Yep. Um, four years ago. And she, so she basically was like, PE, Pip Edwards, physical education. It's like it was right in front of my face. She said that. She said that. So P dot E dot. P, P, she just said PE. And then I, and then I went away, met up with my girlfriend, who's now my business partner, because um, we worked together for a long time. And she's, she's basically the tech part to the business. And, and she was just like, we have to do this. It's PE Nation. It needed something else. It can't just be PE. So the name came before the idea. The, na- the name was the idea, yes. 
So that's how that, it all unfolded. It, it was clear. It was like crystal clear what that name meant and what it stood for, and, and, and how people felt when you said PE. The nostalgia around no, that. No, totally. And then, and that's that's how it was built. I don't think kids do PE anymore, do they? No, they do. They do. They oh, still. Is it called my PE? son. Yeah, it's called PE, and globally, it's called PE. How old is your son? He's twelve. Twelve years old. So yes. he does physically. He physical does PE class. PE. He has PE teachers. They wear PE Nation. <laughs> so, 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 in other words. It's a name because you know names really yeah. important. Name resonates because resonates. Funny. The name Wizard. Um, when I first set up the Wizard business, that sort of I had an idea what sort of business I wanted to go into, but the name pretty much predated the business just like that. It yeah, just, it makes it struck, or breaks it. You know, totally. like how do you if you've got an idea for a business, how where do you come up with a name? So, I think the fact that it was so organic and that it, you know play on the, my initials as well, my namesake but also the nostalgia of what P felt like for people when you're at school and that it's sport and that we do active wear. It just, it's kind of a no-brainer. It's, it's, it's interesting. So what you're saying to me though is, and I, and I think this is for those people listening, when it comes to naming something or giving a brand a name, um, one of the messaging, mm. some of the messaging is if you can, Somehow build romance into it or or romanticism. I don't a feeling. mean some feelings, you know, some emotion um, by dragging on a name that has some relevance. So yeah. the name physical education has some relevance it to all of us. Speaks to the product, but it also speaks to the people. Yep. But it also speaks to my initials. It, it's, it's kind of like perfect. a trifecta. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> it's, but it is perfect. Yes. So the name. So it doesn't matter. Like you know, I mean, I look at my competitors, like joking, like Nike or Adidas, or you know, where, how did they come up with those names? Like, what do those names mean? And I don't know. And then I went and digged around, and obviously Nike was like a Greek god of something. Um, but for me, I feel good that P Nation stand. It says for what it stands for. Pip Edwards, I just want to say one thing to you. You're speaking to a Greek here. So oh, the name. I, oh, sorry. The, wait, no, sorry. Okay, no, no. The word, I should have done more research. Okay, the, okay. <laughs> the name Nike, I will tell you. So I'm not anyone who's listening. So the word Nike, Nike, N-I-K-E, comes from the Greek word Nike. And Nike means victory. Yes. And um, uh, um, and in Greek, the letter V is pronounced N. Ah. And the Greek goddess of victory was called Nike. Nike. And uh, so Nike is about victory. Yes. So, and so again, see, again, that's the whole point. But the point. problem is with that is it's a big message to tell people because it's they don't very know. hard to explain. Not, every, not everyone knows Correct. Greek. Correct. And uh, they haven't done a great uh, job at explaining the word, where the word comes from. Yeah. But yours speaks to exactly the emotion and exactly to nostalgia straight up. And it also speaks to everybody, whether it's my parents or my friends or my son, across demographics, across age groups, everybody knows what PE stands for. So therefore you've got a lot to live up for, up to. 100%. But that's good too <laughs> because it's the same with wizard. You know, it's about, um, you know, he's a wizard in financial, you know, he's a wizard, uh, financial wizardry, wizard on the in the sporting field, whatever it is. Yes. I had a lot to live up to. Yes. And it sort of drove me. Yeah, so of course. So PE Nation gives you a lot to live up to because everyone knows exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And you've got a lot to live up to. So and that I've, drives you. And I've got to actually over-deliver. Okay, so I want to ask you about that. Mm. So we're talking about three and a half years, four years ago. Um, that was the idea. That was conception. We actually only launched into the into the market two years ago. What were you doing before that? Um, I was design director at General Pants, so I like at head office running the product, um, and, and basically managing all the product that goes into the business. Um, before that, I was at Sass and Bide, and I was senior creative there for five years. And then before that, I was at Subi, 
um, doing like running the PR department and then I moved into the design team. So I've, I've had 17 years of experience in the, in the industry. Yeah. So let's just get it clear for all these people listening who are ambitious and aspirational. <laughs> um, you, Pip, have 17 years of skill building. Yes, working knowledge. Of across businesses, across different businesses, some design driven, some corporately driven, across um, you know international businesses, but also national businesses. Because there is from a, myth. a retail to an online perspective as well. So there is a myth out there yeah. that oh yeah, well she just started up this business and she's only been going for a little while and she's doing fantastic. Yeah, luck. How lucky is she? Yeah. No, it so, ain't luck. So seventeen years of grind and hard work yeah. and knowledge gathering and, and, and making learning, mistakes and learning. You know, um, you know, absolutely learning on other people's time, learning on other people, learning from other people, mentors along the way. Um, you know, different scenarios, but but basically across all the businesses, across every aspect of the business, not just in one area. And I moved and moved across areas that in- interested me to a point where I got, I got to you know the end of General Pants and was like, I actually know the whole piece of the. I actually can put the pie together. Did you consciously go about it that way, or did you just no, arrive just at that decision? No, just fell that way. Yeah. Just fell that way, and then you know, as you get a bit, a little bit more senior, you start to understand the big picture of what business actually is about. You know, concept so, concepts one thing, but what I learned it was that it's all about structure. So when you were twenty five, you didn't sort of sit there and say, "No, I want to be, I want to run a business one day, whatever the name." No, going to be. I never wanted to run a business. You I didn't. just love fashion. So, so you have a love for fashion, a passion for fashion. Okay, that's great. And but how did you turn that into? Mm. Getting into key roles. Yes. I mean, well, how do you work? Do you, how do you work the room? I didn't, like, so I know. So, but but okay. So prior to my fashion industry, um, I actually was I worked at Corp, um, PricewaterhouseCoopers in risk management, corporate restructuring. So I did that for three years. So I've actually got uh, a bit more of a business mind, but I denied it. I didn't like it, and I just moved into fashion. And all I just wanted to, I just wanted to be part of. Making clothes. I've always been part of wanting to leave a legacy, leave a mark, or impact people's lives. I, d- I don't around know. clothes. Around clothes. Well, is it, well, where's that come back? Does that come from your mum, your dad? Where's yeah, that from? interesting. I think it comes from my mum. She's always set high expectations on presentation. Um, what do you mean? She, she or even at school, she I had to always be well presented, well put together. That was just her thing. But what, what, give me an example. Like she would say to you, shoes on. Oh, know. yeah, I couldn't wear, I mean, I, I had to wear particular shoes with jeans or I had to always finish it with a blazer. Or I had, She was just very particular about how I dressed and, and what that represented. So I guess, I mean, I didn't even really think about that, but I guess that impacts how important the way you present yourself or what you wear. But I took it a step further and, and use it as my second skin. Like what you wear is who you are. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and how you act, how you feel. And then how how you interact. So tell me about then. Okay, that's important because you just said what you wear is who you are, and how you and it, yeah. it sort of presents how you act. And it can be do- twofold though. You can put on an outfit and think you fit into a group, or you know, socioeconomic kind of level yep. or activities or whatever. But for me, it was more about how do I really feel in what I'm wearing, and how does that actually make me conquer my day. Okay, well, give me an example. So, for P-Nation. example, today you've got a sloppy, my nineteen eighty star jumper. What do you call those sloppy joes or something? Yeah, like, it's just a sweat. A sweater. Okay, all right. So, but how does that make you feel? Well, a, I feel comfortable. B, it's it's of a trend right now. Is so, it? Yes. So sweaters and streetwear is of a trend. So I'm sticking to trend, but I'm comfortable. But I'm wearing. I mean, it's navy. I'm not wearing black. 
So I'm wearing something a little Shit, bit sorry. navy. Yeah, I'm not wearing black, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I just uh, this is me. I'm comfortable. I'm always comfortable, and then I'm and and it is my second skin, so I can walk in here and chat to you. So, but it's not about, <laughs> but it's not about glamour or anything. It's a, not for me. No, not for me personally. I can get glammed up, and and that's you know it depends on the event or where you're going. You've got to dress appropriately, but I'll always have a twist that makes it me. Right. And, so, that's, and that's my personality. I'll always be a little bit different or a little bit dressed down or a little bit, I call it a little bit approachable. Yeah, so you I made, mean, I could have walked in here in a suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and play the game. And played and be, and you know. Play the corporate thing. Yeah, and, no then, way. And, we, and we would have had a different conversation too. Yeah, because I, I would have had a power suit on. Or then I, because well, and then that, I could have got aggressive. Well, that the way. <laughs> well, if you had presented yourself that way, probably I would have started to try to bring you down. I would have. Yeah. I'd probably said, "See what you're doing now. Is the I'm, way you're, you're much much more approachable, and I don't have the the sense that uh, oh, I've got to cut this person down a little no, bit." No, I'm in trainers. Yeah, yeah. I'm unassuming. So, so you disarm people. Yeah. So it's disarming. Always. Yeah. Yeah, totally disarming. Think so. And is that as a compensation because you've got a big personality? I can I see do. it. So is that is that compensating for you? Because I mean, honestly, if you walked in now, you had your personality, the way you're presenting yourself to mm. me in a like you know just in a sense, and then if you had the the black suit on, like it's too intimidating, isn't it? Well, it's intense. It's intense, and isn't it? And people go, oh, "Fuck, I don't want to be around all this. You know, it's too hard. Too much energy." So do you do that consciously? No. Uh, this is. I mean, is this a therapy class for me? This is amazing. Um, <laughs> No, I, the end. I don't know. I don't know. I don't do it consciously, but I do prefer to dress down. And maybe you're right. Maybe that is me thinking I know I'm too much if I'm I'm full on. But is that okay? So does mm. that message about PE Nation then? Is PE Nation about it's, be comfortable, be approachable? Be PE Nation is about being confident, being um, it, it is about being comfortable, functional, confident, bold. It's got personality. It's got attitude. It's a tomboy. She's a tomboy, you yeah. know. But she's but she's also she just knows what she wants. She knows how to do it, and she's really she's really comfortable to wear it. So you're talking about yourself? Yeah. Yeah. So, and so that's that's well, that's great. But that's that's the message you're trying to send out to the marketplace. Do you think your success in your brand is that you have got that message out to other people that they want to emulate you? 100%. I think a lot of it is um, the fact that, I, I mean, I have a personal profile in addition to the business. I've seen your Instagram. Um, and I personify the brand. I bring it to life yep. through my personal channel. So they not only just see the product and what it stands for, and we've got a very clear aesthetic, a very clear uh, signature, you know, aesthetic of what PE Nation stands for. So they see it there, but then they actually then on my channels, I guess, see how it's brought to life, how to wear it, how to live it, what to do in it, how to style it. Yeah. And they see it, they see it multifaceted. So you're demoing it. Absolutely. You're, but uh, I'm living it. I'm breathing it. Okay. It's, so how important for the people listening again, how important is it for your success, do you think, over the last couple of years that one, you've got a platform called Instagram, which probably yes. exists six, seven years ago, but it allows you to actually send a message, well, message out mm. without spending shitloads of money on television advertising mm. or wherever it is, radio. We can't do it's hard to do on radio, but on television advertising in terms of visuals. How important has Instagram been to you in terms of being able to really relate to your audience about all that stuff you said about yourself, comfortable, approachable, confident, blah, blah? Number one. Number one. Number one most incredible tool ever. We actually, I spent, um, 
four months prepping the Instagram account for my business before we launched, setting the context, making it pure, making sure that all the pillars of what my business stood for was represented visually so that there was context, there was you knew what this brand was about. It wasn't just product. It was creating a community, creating a vibe. And then I strategically, that was the only strategic thing, was that started to infiltrate it into my personal Instagram so that it actually had a life. It actually was real and it was a being. Because I noticed you don't have models in on your personal Instagram. It's mm. you. That's me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, But, I mean, yeah. a lot of people go out and say, you know, I'll, I'll get a model in there and she's got whatever she's wearing. But it, you're you're really pushing your own personality, your own your own well, feeling, your own sense. I it think works. that's why I think with women, particularly, what I love about what P Nation's done is it's obviously resonated with a lot of different women. I'm a mother. I'm a working mother. I love to train. I love fashion, uh, and I'm 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 into street style. And, and basically that's what P Nation's about. So they're actually seeing all these women who didn't think that they could be like that or do those things can do those things. It's almost empowering other women just to be who they want to be, really. And I'm just giving them a bit of a guideline. So it becomes authentic. It's totally authentic. So give, give me, take And this. I think that's why it works. I think that integrity behind I'm not pretending or I'm not putting on a show. I'm just living my, I'm living my best life. Yeah, which is everyone's aspiration. Yeah, but I'm actually just doing it. No, you are actually doing it. But, but yeah. it's, because if people are spider, they don't know if they can ever achieve it or if anyone actually yeah, does achieve it. Yeah, but it's doable. It. When I look at your, uh, and I was looking at it before the podcast, because so, I got a bit early today, and I was looking at it and, and I thought, um, it's interesting the way you purposefully do this. You don't, your hair's a bit messy. It's not too stylized. Um, no. Well, it is, but it isn't. Well, it's my style. <laughs> so, so it's stylized, but it's not yes, stylized. But so it's, it's not. It's not like it's not I, Kardashian. No, there's no stylist, or there's no yeah. hair and makeup, or there's no. You know, it's not about. It's just real life. What you see on my Instagram. I'm at work. I go to events. I train. I pick up my son. I go on holidays. I'm down the street. I live in Bondi. I walk the beach. I. I don't. Whatever it is, I'm doing it. It's there. Yeah, yeah, I can, and just take me through your day, any day, oh my a typical day, Monday. Oh, my bloody day. What's today? Wednesday. <laughs> what about today? Well, um, no, 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 today's not no, good. No, no, I'll so give you a, your typical. A, a typical day, I get up at. School holidays, so your son's you oh, know, yeah. on holidays. Well, yeah, he's on holidays. We just went camping, but on a normal day, I got a, I get up at 6, um, make sure he's, a, he's, he's getting ready, my dog's getting ready, I drop my son off to my mum because sometimes I have to get to work early um, or I go to my Pilates class. So I drop my son off to my mum. My mum takes him to school. I drop my dog off to daycare. I then go to Pilates. Your dog is a daycare? Wow. Yeah, I know. He's he's a crazy dog though. He can't stay at home. He's a staffy Kelpie. Drives me up the wall, but I love him. Um, and then I go to Pilates and I do that three times a week. That's a non-negotiable. I do that before I go to work. I will not go to work unless I've done my Pilates. Um, and then I go to work all day, you know, meetings, like, financial meetings, product meetings, photo shoots, whatever. It's all jammed into one day. Leave work, pick up the dog, pick up my son, go home, dinner, homework, and then back on back on my, my phone doing my work till late at night. Can't sleep. Right. So, and that's a groundhog day. That's, so that's every day. As, and weekends? Uh, weekends I actually uh, I'm fortunate enough to um, – I have a place with my partner up on the northern beaches, so I get I get out of Sydney See, a fair bit. That's important, and I really it's really changed the dynamic of me of of what I because I'm so hectic Monday to Friday. I I feel like I get a little bit more domesticated, and I and there's no time frame, and I calm down, and yeah. that's really really important. So you, you do you do your recovery. I, 
yeah. on the weekend. Yeah. So you can get back Cook, on Monday morning. Walk, chill. Yeah. That's not every weekend, eat. but eat. Um, but that's not every weekend, but I think that's really important to have the break from the city hustle. So you can say to single mums out there, mm-hmm. um, hey, don't use it as an, as an excuse. Absolutely not. The, you know what the excuse is? That the driver of all of this, to be honest, is probably my son. Um, I am a single mum, and I, I am fully responsible for this child. And he he is my everyday get up. Why am I doing? This? I'm doing this for him. I'm doing this for me. Really? Because I mean, motivation of this. I mean, because it's hard. It is hard, but I'm, it's never going to be easy. But at the end of the day, the satisfaction of him seeing his mother working really hard, him seeing what his mum can do, and me knowing that I'm doing this for us is is enough motivation. Does he get it? He does now. Yeah. I think he does now. It took a. It's taking time. Um, you know, do you, mom, do you sit and explain to him? Or? Yeah, I do. I explain everything to him. I sit down. He asks me about work all the time. I take him into work. It's more about, mum, you missed my sports carnival. Mum, you weren't at swimming. Mum, you don't drop me to school. So I make sure I try and pick him up from school every now and then. But I'm uh, what I'm doing is fostering our future. Yeah, he gets that part. He gets that part. And, 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 and he loves the structure. I think I think he loves it. I think he, I think it's going to create a, quite a high standard of a woman, what a woman is to him. And I quite enjoy that, yes. that I'm instilling that into That's this young little man. Yeah, I am. I'm not. I'm not into this whole. You're not driving it, but you're, no, you're demonstrating I'm not into, it. I'm just demonstrating it. Mm. I think there is the rise of this feminine, mm. and I don't say it's not feminism. The rise of the feminine. I think it's really important to see that the feminine can can also do what the masculine can. Yeah, totally. not not at the not at the set not at the not like not at the not digging the masculine, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that we are capable as well. Not at the expense of no men, way. but you're, what you're just no saying, way. we can I'm do it anyway. No way, I'm not that at all. I, I mean, there are many great men in my life and mm. I need them and mm. I love them, mm. but I think it's really important to feel as a woman that we can do that too. Could you do this without your mum? Never. I could never do this out without so my mum. Let's talk about support groups. Mm. You know, obviously your son has got a dad. Yes. Okay, and he's obviously supports the boy or he's, you know, he. Looks after him from time when to time. When he can? Yep, from time to time. Um, and you've got brothers and sisters? No, I'm a single child. I'm a single, single child. child. So only child. So you've got a mum and a dad. Is your yes, dad still they're to, yep, they're together. They're together. That's rare. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mum, but mum and dad, your mum and dad are big supports. They are What's your son's name? So Justice. 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 Yes. Cool. So um, your mum and dad are supp- good supporters of you and Justice. They are 100% on board with what you're doing. 100%. Will bend over backwards, take a bullet, do whatever to make sure that I do do what I'm doing. That's gold. Do they live around? They live you're... very close. Yeah, so five minutes away. So, did you consciously um, uh, plant yourself in Bondi? Is Bondi? I yeah. Well, I actually grew up on the North Shore and moved eastern suburbs when I was 17, and they followed me. <laughs> they came. They came with you. Okay, but that that stuff is. So critical for oh, success. It's very critical, like in terms of like I'm time poor as well. The the time management of running a child and a business is is intense. That's interesting. So, running a child, running a business. That's because that's what you're doing. That's actually what I'm doing. Yeah. Um. The admin behind it is is very scheduled. So I yeah I need the, I need so, it to be a well oiled machine. That, that, that's a that's an interesting concept. So because you know a lot of people sort of say um. Oh, you know, like if you're in business, you know, everything's perfect. But it's not because no, it's there's not. a lot of sacrifices and a lot of times you sacrifice your personal life. So would, I, would you say 
would say the priorities in your life are in an equal sense, running your son or yep. building your and developing your son's life yep. with you yep. and, and the rest of your family and running your business, building and running your business. And then in your spare time, you run your private life. Your own if I get spare time, yeah. So you, you so that, my that's... number one is making sure that my son is absolutely cared for, is in a routine, he is happy, he he is sorted, and then comes my business. And if my son is unhinged, my business is unhinged. I am unhinged in my business, and then I, yeah, and then my personal life comes. Whatever's left is third. Yeah, whatever's left is personal life. Okay, well that's one of the sacrifices you make because a lot of people can't sacrifice their personal life. Because it's you know they prioritise, which fair enough. They put yeah. up the front. Well, then they like don't them. really want it, do they? Correct. So it's a matter of what you want most. Yeah. If you didn't Priorities. have a son, let's say you didn't have a son, justice wasn't. You didn't I'd have be a crazy. Yeah. So because <laughs> so, uh, uh, that's what I want to know. Does he balance you out a little he bit? He normalises me completely. He brings me down. I operate in hysteria or emotionally very high, mm-hmm. and he makes me just level-headed, um, responsible. Um, I have foresight. I can actually see my future is a visual timeline of where I need to be, what I'm going to do. He gives me my boundaries yeah, and, and do, I love it. Do you learn from him? All the time. Mm. All the time. You know what? When I, my mum had me when she was really quite old, in, uh, like she was 40 um, and so, and I'm an only child. And I always said that I needed to, I wanted to be a young mum. Not that I don't understand my mum, but she's so, there was, there was an age gap and a cultural gap, but more so an age gap. My, and I had my, I fell pregnant when I was 25 and that was really young in my group of friends, but it was really important for me because we've now grown up together, right. you know, and because I'm an only child and he's an only child, we're actually more than just mother and son. You know, we're best friends where he's my confidant, he's my roommate, he's, you know, I, of course I'm learning from him because I'm growing up with him. Because I, I find it interesting, I mean, I, my boys are much older now, but I learned, I used to learn from my boys because I used to find myself in a position where I had to tell them something or guide them on something or other. Yeah. And what I had to do was draw on my own experiences and actually explain to them what it is I wanted to guide them on. Yeah. And I then immediately reminded myself what's important as well, because otherwise if I hadn't had my sons, I wouldn't have even thought to totally. tell them that. And I would have gone off the edge. But the innocence as well and the simplicity of what you're telling them. And then I try to sometimes, I might complicate it by giving him the big backstory and the emotional story, which I think is always important because my parents were quite uh, very strict. <laughs> sometimes I call it quite, it's quite a dictatorship <laughs> in a sense. Um, and so I, with my son, wanted to be very open and very honest about things and now I, I kind of understand the, ba- the fine balance between honesty but then also boundaries. Boundaries. Mm. I mean, I don't. I have no experience in raising girls but um, I have experience raising four sons. <laughs> and one thing I know about boys, you've got to give them boundaries. They don't yeah. respect you because they'll no. just walk outside. They, they need to know what the, where the fence line yeah, is. Yeah, they need to and they'll push it. Yeah, they're like cattle. Like I, <laughs> I have cattle and um, my bulls need to know where the boundary is. And you stay within the, that boundary And if you because if, if they go outside the boundary, they, something's going to happen to them. Yeah. And I, my and I, and I think also that my drive, and I, I guess I would like you to tell me this, comment on this, but I drive myself sometimes into the ground, but one of the things that I mm. get from my having, especially in the early days when my kids were little, was they actually brought me back to the game and I got a lot of balance and a lot of re-energised hanging out with my kids. 100%. Is that, yeah. It, it's just a break from 
you know, it can be so intense in your day-to-day in business and then coming home and I go and play basketball or soccer and you just, you're actually living life. A little bit of I meditation time, really. life. Yeah. And it's not about drinking or partying. Do you, do you know, yeah, you're yeah, actually yeah. living. Yeah, yeah, to- good, totally. And if you're on your own, you probably wouldn't have no, if you didn't have a child, you probably would be out there drinking and partying and just pulling yourself down. I wouldn't down. have done pee nation, that's for sure. Okay, we're going to go to the break and then we're going to come back because I want to talk about PE Nation. I was going to talk about um, PE Nation, (laughs) but I was just talking to Pip during the break and uh, she said some really interesting stuff that's sort of quite inspirational and quite amazing to me. And and you said something like, I am enough. Uh, I just want you to explain to me what you're talking yeah. about, you're enough. I mean, because every, every woman thinks she's got to be a super mum mm. and they go striving to be a super mum, trying to tick all the boxes. I've got a house, I've got a small mortgage, I pay this off, I've got a superannuation fund, I've got my kid, my kid's in a private school, I've got my bloke, he's over there, maybe, you know, it's a, it's a new bloke. I, I go out and see all my friends. Well, how's it all work? Tell well, me. Well, all, all, all of that internal monologue is exactly what goes through my head and it has gone through my head and for years I've really struggled with, what what I need to have, what I should have, all, all the, you know, the partner, the house, the this, the that, and especially as a single mum, all those questions are really full on. But I've just started to come into my own. And, I, and to be honest, I don't know whether part of it is is the coming, the birth of PE Nation as well, but I am fucking enough. Yep. I am enough. And I don't need the security, the partner, the this, the that, all of that. I need to know that I'm enough for everyone and especially for my son. And that but it's taken it's taken ten years to accept that I am enough. Did you used to sort of challenge it before? I was the victim. I was the victim and I'd try and do things to I, I wouldn't do things because I wanted to, I'd do things because I thought I had to, you know? It's, just, like, it's like like peer pressure because, you know, I'm people. My parents. Up. No, my parents' pressure, friends' pressure, society pressure, whatever it is, all those things that they, you, you're conformed to think this is how you have to live your life. Well, no, I, I'm, I'm proud to be a single mum. I'm proud to show, you know, my son what that represents and I am enough. And the minute that I believe I'm enough, I am everything. Yeah, you become the super mum. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, you know, I was once asked to do it a talk about um, happiness, oh. and um, and and I come up with this concept, and this this is my concept because it's as good as I can get is I'm happy enough. Yeah, and, and you know what? It's that's a cho- enough. It's a choice. It's a choice. It's a-, it's a choice, and it's right in front of you. And I think for years I didn't choose it because I didn't think I deserved it. Yeah, because we get pressure though today, Pip, and and people get pressure today to be happier. But and what is happiness? It, what Instagram photo? What, correct. Um, being on a beach. You know what is it? It is. Oh, I want to be like that person over there. They're they're in Greece now in the Mykonos. Yeah, there, and I I'm guilty of that too. But at the end of the day, I can choose today to be really happy. It's a flick of a switch, and it's incra- It's crazy how how impactful that that mindset is. Because once you're happy enough, you do better at work. Yeah. You're much you're happy. Better. You're accepting to be there, Except, and you're happy to be and you're there. You're not filthy. You're not yeah. walking around the scowl I mean, on your it, face. It, I will say it is hard when you do. You know, I, again, I'll go back to the being the mom and and the working mom. You know, there is a lot of guilt involved, but I think you've got to get over the guilt of of trying to be everything and just go. What I'm doing is the right priority, and I'm doing it right. And at the end of the day. Everything will be okay. Yeah, because you choose this route and this route is the, the route is I the, choose. I do it the best I can and I'm not going to feel guilty about anything else. Not because, I, you know, I'm not that mum that's at the school every day or I'm not that, I, you know, I, I can't be that person. And those mums don't run a business. Hmm. So 
Yeah, so don't feel guilty because, uh, and, I, and I think people should listen, who are listening, this is really important because women in business to me is a significant part of a, of our nation, of our economy, and there's not enough um, um, discussion around this. No. And um, and women often decide not to go into business because of all the pressures they think what they're, they're going leaving to be under. behind. Correct. Uh, oh, and the reality is. A woman, and I'm now. I'm I'm not being a feminist right now, but what I'm saying is we're incredible multitaskers. We're nurturers. We care. We're very organised naturally, that, and especially mothers. So you're actually a natural-born worker. Mm. I feel it's in you. Yeah, yeah. And but but it's just not. We're just not given that breathing space. You know. So you took control. What what made you do that? Is it? Do you think- it was survival. I had to. Yeah. I had to. I had to pay the bills. I had to look after my son. I had to survive. So you, it was necessity. There is a, there is a, uh, a, a Beyonce song there. I feel. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'd break out into song usually, but it's too early in the morning. No, no, um, no, no, go for it. <laughs> you know, this, this um, be a, a, it was a necessity, of course. I mean, bills don't get paid. I've, I've mortgage, a car, you know, private school. I, who's going to pay for that? Yeah, no one but me. So you took it on. Okay, P Nation, you yes. launched it. Cheers. Oh my God, it's, it's huge. How'd you do that so fast? <laughs> Again, I think, yeah, as we talked earlier, just having a little bit of working knowledge, my business partner and I both have had um, quite intense experience in the industry. Um, she also, you know, worked at Topshop and she we met together when we were at Sass and Bide. So we had an amazing working connection um, and we just knew structure was everything. We actually set out um, and spoke to... A, you know, a different number of investors and then got worked with one that we did a sweat equity deal with who actually set up the back end of the structure. We knew that this this business was not something for fun. This was for scale. So we set this business up from the start for scale. So you got an, you got an investor early? Yes. Uh, okay. Oh, before. Before it all. So come up with a name, build we, a plan. We, we built a plan. We kind of, you know, catted some drawings to know what it looked like. Um, and then we, to be honest, we went out for a manufacturing deal and we came across, um, our now investors who were like, no, this is a great idea. Let's join forces. That's mad. So you, you actually found some investors early doors. Yes. Like very, very no, early. No, we had nothing. Right. And, and they effectively they, they, funded they, your they, expansion, they, your growth. Yeah. They, 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 they wasn't necessarily funded. Like we all, we all put the money in, but what they brought was their experience of the back end, you know, the, the finance, the structure, all of that, all of that, that actually makes a business. How'd you find them? Well, they're, they're quite big. In, well, they're manufacturers. Right. So in, in, in the industry, you know, that's the other thing. When you start off a, a brand, a clothing brand, it's really hard to get people to manufacture low units. You've got, you've got nothing. You've got no history. So um, they were really important. Do you manufacture here or in China? China. Okay, so the, the China connection. They have an office in China and they were able to, like, get some low units across the line to what do you start. Mean, what do you mean by that is that instead of doing 500,000 uh, items, yeah. they were happy to do the deal on 3,000 items. Yeah, lower whatever. lower units just to test it. And yeah. then, um, but because it was set up, the structure was set up, we were able to, once we got the, the numbers on the board, the first collection, we were able to scale up very quickly because everything was in place. How'd you convince them? To sell the dream. How'd you do it? I sold the dream. You sold it. I sold it in. This is what it stands for. This is who we are. What, here or the, in China? No, here. They're based here. They're based here. They're right. based here, but have have. Are they Aussie Chinese or? No, no, uh, they're they're Australian. They're Australian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. 
Um, you know, they're, they're did you very... know them before? Like, no, we what, never met them before. What was your before. angle? Like, I mean, no, how, we never how, met how... them before, but we had a friend that worked with them, so we had a we had an introduction. Um, and they're very well known in the industry. Um, they've been, you know, years, twenty years of experience, and they're very, very successful. So it was a courting period, definitely. Had to go in and sell the dream and that, you know, there was a lot of testing out, is this real, do they really want that, you know? So you, the dream you sold was not only messaging but it was the product? It was the product. Yeah, yeah. Um, you but said we didn't have, we didn't gap. actually have, we didn't have the physical product because we could we hadn't made it. You just had drawings. We just had drawings. But I sold them the feeling and, and that's that back to that point. I sold them the feeling of what this – what this product would do. Did you turn up dressed a certain way? Did, I mean, did I you present- dressed my way, me. Yeah, yeah. And you said this is what it's going to be. This is, is what it's going to, it's like this. This is what we need. I know women need this because I need this. Yeah. And did I, you get present I research? Am my, I am my demographic. Did you present research? Did you do some research? Not really. You presented yourself as the research. Yes. Yeah. And then um, how did you put your numbers together? Did they say, well, well okay. Yeah, okay, so, what are the well, I mean, you said, you know, you go, okay, I, I have a range of like 16 SKUs, we'll do this. What's that mean? Um, like 16 pieces of product, mm. this is the range, you know, jackets, tops, legs, crops. You put some, you know, numbers around that, then you go, okay, I think, I, I actually went out to market. So I did do research in the sense that um, I have relationships with stockists. So I actually went and sold the idea into all the relationships that I had. So you, what you mean by that is you went and saw people who would actually stock, stock you, the, the gear. gear. So yep. you, I don't know, is that Rebel or something? I don't know. Not, no, no, no. Like I, I went to some boutiques that I had. Okay, sorry about that. That's I don't right. know who. I don't know where no, the gear is. No, no, um, like you know, David Jones. And okay, we went to Jones. I've had connections in the industry, so I was able. To, I was lucky enough. That's important. Yeah, I was lucky enough to to rely on my existing relationships. To kind of get our foot in the door, um, and David Jones said, "Yeah, we'll stock that if you if you make it." Yeah, and, and we launched our, we launched our first collection with forty five stockists. Wow, that's is, that's that's probably pretty big. Which is pretty amazing for a brand that Here did not in exist in Australia. Yep. and we actually started with one international, one overseas. Yeah, in the US or in, um, the UK? in Germany, it's Germany. a plat- platform over there. My Teresa, yeah, they were our first international stockers from day dot. So, so the the manufacturers who had a sort of it was a leap of faith for them. It was a leap of faith. They had to say, but they they felt comforted by the fact that hey, hang on, David Jones said they'll they'll stop well, this stuff. Well, yeah, they were like, we know, you know, and I think we had a lot of. We knew that not only did we have the product and the plan and the sales distribution, but we also had an insane marketing PR strategy, and that's also tell me about that. Well, I had the rollout plan. Um, I knew exactly, obviously, we had Instagram, what that looked like. And because my background was PR, I knew that uh, I utilised all my PR connections. So we had a, a launch um, article that launched in Vogue. You know, it was, I was all, it was all very, very planned. And I think what happens is when you have potency in, in launch, you, 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 you can actually fly. That's what it's about, potency. So it was actually aligning all the, all the relationships, all the connections at one time to work because you knew but what the market build, wanted. I knew, and but I'd been building on that. I'd been building that knowledge for a very long time. It wasn't like an overnight thing, you know. Um, and and it really was over the years working with people and not asking for favors and now going, hey, this is my idea. Could jump on board, kind of thing. So where are you today? So you've really been busy what two, three years? Two years, only. Two, okay, two so and a half years. Just give me give me lay it out a little bit for me. So where do you well, sell to, etc. Fully global, we're in, we've got over two hundred stockists. Um, you know, our biggest one being Netta Porter. Um, we're in every country. We have pop ups in London, in France, in Hong Kong. Um, I have sales agents in America, in Europe, um, PR in all those countries as well. Um, basically, 
we've exceeded our turnover by 500% pretty much. So all your partners are all very happy. So... Um, you basically though you're saying to me though you scaled up what you were going to do in Australia you've scaled that up to everywhere else so in yep. other words you've just replicated it not just but you've replicated yeah. it in all other territories yes and I think once you get some key stockers I think it was really important to really target your distribution um, and where you know where you position yourself in the market and we positioned ourselves quite premium and once you get into those stockists then everyone follows suit okay anyone famous where you gear? The Kardashians. Well, that helps. Uh, and how, and how, I mean, did you did you take a leaf out of the Sarah Jane and uh, Heidi uh, uh, book where they were wearing their their stuff many years ago? Well, someone wore their stuff many years ago. I can't remember in New York. Yes, Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah Jessica Parker. Okay. Well, well, that was Sassen it. Bide. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sassen obviously, Bide, yeah. I mean, influencers are so key. Key for exposure. Key for positioning. How'd you find? Um, you that was that? actually through our PR agency. Right. So we paid money. We paid good money for PR, and I think that's a really important but point. Do, do, and and so, but the. Which Kardashian? I mean, I don't. I know Chloe. Who they are. Chloe. Okay. Courtney. So Chloe, Courtney, whatever her name is. They so, both wear it. <laughs> okay, both of them. Okay. So, um, uh, how does that work? Because people are going to be thinking, well, how the hell did she get them to wear? No. So the beauty. I'll tell you the story behind that. It's a luck of the draw, really. They get products sent to them all the time. Mm, totally. It's whether they choose to wear it or not. They get paid to wear clothes. So we just took a gamble and sent stuff. And the beauty of this is that. She's a repeat offender. She wears it over and over and over again and the same outfit. So what that tells me, it's not just the brand, it's the quality of the product. And you have nothing unless you have a quality product. Yeah, 100%. So, and they've got, I guess they've got millions of followers, but they're real influencers. Yeah, and we're lucky the way that our product, I mean, initially, you know, I I come from a very much a branding background as well. Um, and when you create product and you're starting a brand, you it's all about the branding on your product and and what that stands for. So whether or not she didn't have to tag anything or no one had to know what she was wearing, but PE was visible. Yeah, yeah. You know, they then wore it on their TV show. Suddenly PE, and suddenly everyone's like, it's on the news. It's on. It's in every photograph, and it's like PE. PE, PE was everywhere. But you we high five when you saw it. Yeah, I was you're, fucking you're mental. <laughs> Um, you know, they're, they're, they are amazing. They're an amazing kickstart into the U.S. And do you have US to, I mean, for people listening, do you have to pay them? Like, do you have to pay them or do you just pay the PR agency? No, I just pay the PR agency, the contact. And, they, and they, they've got their own relationships. But, again, I, I stress, you, you, you don't know. They're not, they may not. You might send all your product out and no one wears it. Hmm. That's the point. It's, it's a gamble. It's still a gamble. Yeah, but it's sort of, it's a bit of a, um informed gamble in that I guess that, your product is really good. Obviously. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I think that's what I'm saying. I think there's, you know, there's one thing having a brand or there's having a bit of a following, um, having an Instagram following or whatever, but you, that does not transition into sales unless your product is good. And on trend. And on trend or yeah. beating the trend. Or, be, or ahead of the trend. Ahead so, of the trend. Or being the trend. Yeah. So, so, but did you know that? Like, did you say, well, I, I reckon the Kardashians are ready no, is ready to start wearing wearing our stuff. Not. I think. Look, the thing is, it's not just the Kardashians, but like when we choose influencers, we choose influencers that um, represent the brand. Mm. You know, and we know I do a lot of research around that and go, all right, well, that she, I know she wears activewear, and let's let's suss this out. And and half the time they they actually pick it up. So. So okay, so you've okay, you got some big influencers. You're in 200 stockists around the world. Sounds like everything's going really good for you. Where to from here? What happens now? I mean, it all, because it this all is not why cool. you started your business up. Why did you start? What were you hoping when you first started your business? I know it's really come on, tell it's me straight really, up. Really, really interesting this this topic. So my business partner and I 
we always, when we started, we're like, all right, we know we're going to make it when Nike or Adidas buy us out for 100 mil. Like, you know, pie in the sky yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. we've got a whiteboard and you're like, yes, we want, that's our end goal. And then a couple of months ago, my business partner and I went, fuck this. We don't want them to buy us out. We're going to take them on. Yeah, yeah. That's the You'll end. buy them out. That's the end goal. And I'm not saying that's going to happen, but when you change, when your mindset is, is the mm. end goal, every decision you make every day actually builds to that. Yep. So you can actually limit your potential. Or, or it's or it's limitless. Yep, I get that. And uh, so, so because if you're setting it up to sell it, no my, way. Nine times out of ten, you won't yeah, sell it anyway. And then, but you lose the passion. I. It's not about selling it. We. I love working. I love what I do, and I love my brand, and I love my business partner, and I just love going to work. I couldn't. Life wouldn't be that. You without should. It only, in you it. should only sort of sell. If you sell and you're not mortified that you sold, then you weren't in you weren't my ready. business in the first place. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah, right. Good point. Yeah. You've got to be mortified. Yeah. You've got to be sort of shit. No, it's, like, it's totally a li- you know what? It's a lifestyle. Not only am I selling a lifestyle to my customers, it's my lifestyle. So why would I give it up? Because in other words, you're, say- not, you're, you're, not, you're not saying to me, oh, Mark, um, if, if someone come along and gave me a $100 million check. Fuck no. I'd be so happy because I could just go and sit on the beach at Hamilton Island that or something like that. would make me bored. Sentimental. You got the edge. I mean, I wouldn't mind a little bit more beach time, but mm. <laughs> yeah, but there's no in between. No. That's the problem. You either in this sort of stuff yeah. going a million miles, and an hour, that's what I'm saying. I think you got to really love it and live and breathe it um, to be successful. Success isn't actually monetary. Success is fucking happy going to work every day. Yeah, hundred percent. And watching the people around you. And what makes me happy about going to work every day is that is watching the people I see who work for me get better and better and better. Yeah, at what they and everyone do. loving it. And it's crazy. Like I see my team, everyone's so invested and everyone's so passionate and um and it's like it's their business. They love it. That's and, the best feeling. And beating the competitors. Or 100%. at least or at least taking it up to yeah, them. Yeah, at least threatening them. Yeah, so and, and do, does Nike and everyone because I don't know I'm not really into yeah. fashion, but like do they do they do the same stuff? Yeah, I mean, look, they're obviously the superpowers. <laughs> um, they're definitely in the space. They've got you know they've obviously got the legacy, the history. They've got volume. They've got R and D. So they've got money. They can do a lot of things. You know, so they've got scale. Um, but what's your disadvantage against them then? Apart from all those my, things, my my advantage against them is no that disadvantage. Um, mm. My disadvantage is that they've got a brand loyal. They've got a loyalty in the. In, Have they? Yeah, they've got. They've got. Um, you know, it, they're a brand that basically you're like, if I need active wear or whatever, I'll go to Nike. Or they just they've been around for twenty years. But is it is it loyalty for a brand like that? I don't know. I don't know that they've just got an iconic logo. They're iconic. Yeah. You yeah. know. Um, I don't know, but the dis the the advantage is that when you're a small startup. And you're a smaller business. You're more nimble to react. You're nimble as a business, and you because your game is to take market share from them, right? That's yeah, the game. Yeah, you, you're doing. So that. what's happened is they started in the days where it was retail heavy, right? So they've got very big retail stores. We're in the age of online, mm. and obviously margins and even way better. Mm. Um, and we're able to do things a lot quicker and get to market quicker. I mean, they're obviously got an online presence and it's massive. But what I'm saying is they've got big, heavy retail weights. Mm. Which we don't. Yeah, so that's their disadvantage, which is well, and that's not, your advantage. It, they're also advantage. It, it, it's just that the landscape's changing so much now. There's a real online drive. Yeah. So, but do you? you, know? do you but so it's almost like we can compete in a sense because now it's this online smarts and it's new for everybody. 
So what, what what's the proposition though? Because if if let's say people are loyal to brands that they they mm. dig Nike for some reason, but they are they are moving across to you and to others, I presume too. Mm. What is it that is drawing that those people away from Nike to P Nation and others? I do. What, what's I do price feel or there's, what is it? Um, well, there's design. So the difference is we are more design driven. We're we're led, we're led by fashion trends. So we infuse fashion trends and street trends into performance wear, whereas they're legit performance. What's you know? that? What do you mean? Just like it's functional. It looks like gym gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, our stuff does not look just like gym gear. You can wear it all day, every day. You can wear it out and we legitimise gym wear. Right. Make it fashionable and it's on trend and the colours speak to the, the runway shows and what's going on around the world. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah, it's, I do. It's so, that's, so that point of difference, so you're, you're, you're dragging, you're, you're not dragging disloyal customers away from them. You're actually, or people who are no longer no. loyal, you're dragging customers away from them who want something different. Yes. And, and the, your game is to tell that story why it's different. Yes. And you do that through Instagram. Yes. How else do you do it? Apart from, you know, putting it onto a Kardashian, how, um, how else do you do it? How do we tell the story? Because mm, it's all about the story. I mean, everything's about storytelling. Brand's about storytelling. Yeah, I think I think the other, I guess, to that point is that um, at P Nation, because I said we humanise the brand. I don't know if Nike does that. There's no, the founder, or the, the, I don't know who yeah, that yeah. is. They yeah. don't have that human touch, but they have people that they use. Yeah, Nike's the corporate. Nike's the corporate, we, but then they that, have that, and they'll but, go and buy but, people to put in the, the front of it. The difference is, is that the vision is coming from the core with P Nation, and that's that's yeah, a little that's you, the you, story. You humanise it, but another way of putting it is you personalise it. So yeah. this is Pip from P Nation. She's the owner, yeah, with us, but she's the the girl there. Not going to say the guy, but the girl there. And uh, and but how do you get that story that this is? This is about you, because you know we know it's Pip Edwards. Yeah, but how does anyone in America know? No, and this is a really interesting. This is where we're at at the moment. Um, we've had so much success in America based on our product, not on the story. Um, obviously in Australia, we when we launched the business, it was launched on the story. You're correct. So this is this is what's so exciting is that if we're really killing it in America without the story, imagine if they had the story. So you want to get on, um, you know, uh, one of their. NBC or something like that. I mean, Oprah, really, Ellen. No, I mean, I'm come serious. On, but let's if, do it. But if you can sort of get into one of those environments, have yes. you thought about this? No. Well, no. I mean, yes the, and that's, no, that's not the big really. Market. That's the big market. I know. I mean, look, we're just <laughs> I'm just still doing the day-to-day. <laughs> yeah, but, okay, when do you think about these things? Though? When do you sort of sit down and dream and say, you know what, I've got mm. to get on um No, you're Ellen right. I don't have or... enough thinking time. I need to dedicate my thinking time. Okay, it's an important point because all through the TV series of The Mentor, we talked to every, you know, they're small businesses, but we talked to them about the same stuff. They're working in the business and they're not working on, on the, the business. On the business, I know. When do you step back and work on the business? How often my, a, a lot of my A lot of my my big role, in the, I think, in the business is about forward business. That's actually kind of what I do best whether it's, you know, not just the product moving forward but the way it moves forward, the new distribution channels, the new revenue streams, the new vibe, the new collaborations. To be honest with you, I've been so busy and it's been crazy that I've not actually put aside that time. Mm. But um, The big decision the big, stuff, the big, the big call the stuff. Next, yeah. The but nervous, there is, the nervous there is, stuff. That is ha- there is that happening. When do you do it though? Like in board meetings? Yeah. Okay, no, that's that's interesting because it's, it's a board meetings make you do it because your board members ask you questions. They say, "Well, we're like, well, you know, you set budgets and targets. How we're going to get there? What are we going to do? A lot of that it does run through my business partner. Well, we talk about it a lot during the day, but we never actually have time to sit down and and plan it out. Okay, and if I was on your board, I yeah. would say, 
Okay, Pip, that's great. You got all, I got all the numbers. I understand all your budgets and all that sort of stuff. But what's the next big move? When are you going to do the next next big move? Yeah. And how are you going to do it? Does that yes. question get asked? Of, you? of course. Yeah, hundred percent. I can answer that question. Answer it. Um, well, the next big move is America. Yep. The next big move after that's China. The next big move after that would be denim. Growing our denim business. Right. So that's an interesting take on activewear because that's actually uh, my business partner. And I, her, her skill is in denim, to be honest. Um, and I obviously worked for denim, den, two denim brands, prior, three retailer, denim retailer as well. So denim would be the complete circle of how to wear street sport activewear. You know, like I said, if we go back to the 80s and the 90s, that vibe of denim with your spray jacket, that look, that is that is. That is the epitome of what P Nation stands for. So denim would be the other revenue stream. And if you think about it in a strategic way, not that it is because we love denim, when denim sales go down, activewear sales go up. When active, That's normal, isn't that, and, that, and Yeah, that, it's that kind metrics. of a thing. And when activewear sales go down, denim goes up. And, it, yep. and everyone needs denim. Everyone needs activewear. So you're playing to everybody's everyday needs. Yeah, that makes sense. That would sense. be the complete, that's, you know, that's. The next big thing. My, my, just, my, just my looking at you, listen to you, the story, etc. I just keep thinking to myself, the the big hit for her, the big hit for Pep or P Nation is if you could crack the American market, oh, whether, whether Ameri- it was with Dan and or Active, it yeah. doesn't matter to me. That's products, but the story. And I keep mm. seeing 1980, year <laughs> born, P Nation, what what you stand for, what the way you feel, that whole story about like what we're talking about today. If you could get that out. On some medium in the US, I know that'd be giant. I know. I, mean, the, the, I am spending you, a lot of time over there. It's I was going to say you we, nearly got to move over with your uh, son. No, so, okay. I would never move. But um, okay, I, I'm yeah, going that, there. that's important. That's interesting. I, I would never move. I don't think I need to move. You can run a global business from here. 100%. Okay, but how are you going to get your story out? Um, it's spending more time there, and it's working with PR agencies, and it's. Profiling. It's definitely profiling, profiling and mixing. Yeah. And so, um, you know, my business partner and I are spending a lot of time there in September for Fashion Week, being around people, meeting people. We always go, we go on a bit of press tours as well. I've done that a few times. And it's incredible what happens in a week when you're over there. But imagine if you spend a bit more time, you know, just getting that face to face. Is it contact. LA or New York? Where is it's it? Bo- it's just LA and New York. Right. They're the D- two hubs. Dallas is third. Yeah, because I think the. The strength here is, as you said, is personalizing it. Yeah, the like, personalizing. It. I mean, that that's that's. The, but that's the thing. I think what's been amazing is seeing the global traction from the product. Yeah. So the next layer would be to add the story, mm. and then, then I'll be knocking on Nike's door. No, no, no totally. <laughs> well, no, they'll be knocking on your door, and you'll be saying the doors closed. So doors shut. We're doing okay. <laughs> so, because like, you know, I, I can sort of see a whole lot of just. I, I mean, if I write down a piece of paper, I'd see nineteen eighty, uh, Bondi girl. All good stuff. You yeah, know? go for you it. Know, uh, Gould Street. Yeah, Gould. No, I'm serious, but th- th- that's iconic stuff in America. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they love. They that. love that story, and I think what they love as well is the rawness and the realness. And I'm I'm pretty raw and real. Yeah, Pip Evans. I always give everybody one question. Ask me because I've been doing all the questioning. Um, have you got a question for me? I've got so many questions that I might have. You to got ta- one. I might have to take off off offline, but um, yeah, I think. Well, you kind of talking about it. I would have said how 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 do you become even more global? Mm, well, how? I I think it's pretty obvious to me. Um, you've got to find a way, a platform, whether it's uh, Ellen DeGeneres or Oprah or just some electronic platform to tell your story. I think your your story is incredibly powerful. You yeah. represent a lot of women in the world today, mm. and I'm not talking about just being a single mother. 
No. I'm talking about, about your attitude. Yeah. About I can do. And you need to tell that story because that inspires people because brands, if they can be personalised like you're doing, can be extraordinarily powerful if the story resonates with the audience. And it's not about what's on trend in terms of clothes. Mm. It's about the feeling. I know. And I always operate on feeling. Feeling's you, you my number one. You tell that story really well. Mm. I mean, because I, I had no idea about you other than I knew you owned a business called PE Nation. But just talking to you, the most powerful part of the conversation mm-hmm. is the feeling mm. that you're talking about, that you believe in and that you've got yeah. and that you're delivering. Yeah. And it's just not in the clothes. It's got to be about Pip's got to tell that story. So when I, they pick up Instagram from America, they've got to know, oh, that's you. Yeah. Because I actually had asked you, oh, is that Pip in all those photos? Because, you know, I couldn't see it unless I enlarged it or whatever. <laughs> and, and he said, no, yeah, that's her. So, so but th- that becomes much more powerful once I know that that's you in those photographs and that you haven't borrowed some girl from Bondo Beach or yeah. North, North Shore or something. I know. Look, uh, I'm a big uh, believer. The story is everything. The story is the reason why we do everything. Because I, I had a business called Wizard Home Loans, and the reason my business was powerful against the most powerful banks in the world, the Australian banks are the most powerful banks in the world mm. in profitability terms, market capitalization terms, credit rating terms. Mm. One, two, three, and four, they're ranked. They've always been in the top 10 for many years. Yeah, wow. And I, myself and John Simons, we took 20% market share from them. Crazy. In a really short period. And I can tell you now the, most, the reason why General Electric wanted to buy my business and they made me stay in the business is because the difference with Wizard compared to everything else that General Electric ever did was they you. had an individual. Yes, there was an individual that actually personified Correct. what you stood for. Correct. That you could talk to you could talk to your audience. I didn't have directly. Instagram, but they could, they, no, I but they could, could talk see. my TV. And, yeah. I could, and I could look down the camera. Kerry Packer, who was my partner, you say, yeah. your son, you just look down that camera and you tell the story. He said, yeah. I don't want anything fancy. Don't go getting any fancy ads. You said it's it's you straight to camera and tell the story, tell them what the product is, the price is, and where they're going to get wow. it. You must tell the story. And then I did a deal with General Electric where we went off to. So GE then said to me, "Let's go enter in a partnership whereby you take that whole story in the wizard business across the world." So then we went to India. Within a short period of time, I had journalists and all sorts of people saying, "Who's this Aussie guy in from in now here in India, setting up a business called Wizard Home Loans with General Electric?" Wow. Um, and I was being interviewed by you know newspapers, TV paper, and within a very short period, eighteen months, I had fifty-eight branches across India. Now the GFC occurred, and then General Electric decided to give it all away because of, you know, they got re re um, reweighted as a as a stock, etc. But but for the GFC, what I'm saying to you here is that General Electric believed the in the story. They believed in the story, and they believe it's an Aussie story, and it's a real story. It's real. I mean, and and I was really invested in it, totally invested in every in every way, and I was and what in love a, with and the what a face. Thank you. <laughs> but, it, well, but, but it works. It, no, I know. And, I, I know. And you're I, working with your thing. So I you, know. I'm, and you America to, will you eat it play up. Play to your strengths. America will eat it up and you've got to do it. And I don't know whether a PR agency is going to be able to do that for you. I mean, they might open the door no, for you, but look, you're the person who's got to be <laughs> the same person who's convinced the Chinese yeah. manufacturers. The, you're the deal. Yeah. You're the pitch. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know how you work it out, but. I'm just saying, don't hand it off to an agency. No, 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 no. I know it's got to be done in person. That's the it's next gotta big be done thing. Per- okay, that's wow. what you can do. <gasps> Thanks for having it. me. Wow. <laughs> cool, Pip. See Thank you later. You. All Bye. the best. Thank Thanks. you.